Welcome to the Work Life Brilliance Podcast with executive coach and best-selling author, Denise Renee Green. Denise fills each episode with humor, compassion, knowledge, and pragmatism to help you transform your life. Listen in and learn how you can tame your brain, lower your stress, and become the person you were born to be. All right, so I am very excited to share this topic for you. This is one of the questions I get asked a lot, and that is, what is the difference between therapy and coaching? And so there are so many types of therapy and so many types of coaching. And I am a coach. I'm a transformational executive coach. I am not a therapist, nor am I an expert in therapy. So I'm going to be speaking as a coach, talking about a topic that I know some things about, but not all the things about, right? That's my first caveat. My next is to every mental health practitioner, I just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you. And I hope you are taking care of yourself. I didn't expect to get emotional on that, but man, your job is hard. And I just really hope you're taking care of yourself and that you have a good therapist and a good coach and a good friend and a good life partner and um, just a wonderful network of people surrounding you and supporting you because your job has gotten really, really hard um, in the last few years. All right. On that note. So many different kinds of therapy. There's cognitive behavioral, there's cognitive processing, there's EMDR, there's approachment theory. I'm going to be very general here and be talking about talk therapy. Where you just go in, you talk to somebody, you talk about your past, you try to unravel it and make sense of it, find the patterns, hopefully break current patterns that are not working. That's what I'm mainly going to be focusing on. And then I'm going to be talking about just coaching in general. There's there's diet coaching, exercise coaching, uh, I'm going to be talking, oh, there's life coaching, then there's executive coaching, what I do, and then there's transformational executive coaching, which is just something I came up with, and I'll explain what that means in just a minute. But I'm going to be talking pretty generically about coaching as well. So let's talk about the differences. So first of all, why you would seek a therapist versus a coach. So if you are self-harming or you are considering self-harming or you are questioning taking your life, then don't just see a therapist. Hopefully you are seeing a therapist, but please call 988 now, which is the new suicide hotline. It's not available just everywhere. So in that case, you can call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255. That's 800-273-8255 because your life matters and there's nothing wrong with you. It's just a fear and a belief and you need help and you deserve help. So please do that. So for others, if you believe that you may need medicine to regulate something that's going on in your brain and your body, then you need to see either a doctor or a psychiatrist because only psychiatrists can prescribe medicine. And if you have a disorder, like an eating disorder, instead of just, oh, I want to lose weight, so I'm going to hire a coach to lose weight. If you have a disorder, you need an expert who is an expert at helping people fix that. 
So you want to go to a therapist or some kind of counselor who is certified in that. And by the way, this is one of the biggest distinctions between the therapy industry and the coaching industry. Therapists are highly regulated and they have to be state certified. They can only practice in their own state. Now, a therapist can become a coach. I guess it's a little tricky for them because there's legal implications and all that, but it is possible that you can find a coach who used to be a therapist who now helps people with such things like eating disorders and things like that. The coaching industry, however, is a little bit of a free-for-all because pretty much anybody can be a coach. Now, you can't just be a certified coach. You can be a coach, though. Um, you can go to any number of coach training schools. And we do have a federation, the ICF, where people can get certified from. It's very rigorous. But really, the only way to know whether your coach is any good is to research them. And we're going to talk more about how to know who is the best coach for you or the best therapist for you. So the other thing that is important about therapy versus coaching is that people tend to go to therapy when they are performing below baseline and they want to get back to baseline. What do I mean by baseline? Baseline is just like the normal expected behavior, like getting out of bed, putting on your clothes, brushing your teeth. Sometimes you're under this crushing weight and you can't perform the basic tasks. And you would want to go to a therapist because they can help you with that. Now for coaching, you may still feel like you're suffering, but you are functioning. You're going to work, you're doing the things, but they're hard. That might be one reason you go for a coach. You want to feel better. Or you're doing the things, you're feeling okay, but you know you could be performing at a higher level. So you're already at baseline, but you want to do better. Another distinction between therapy and coaching is that therapy tends to spend more time in the past trying to unravel that. And as I mentioned earlier, coaching is more focused on the now and the future. How are you performing now? And what do you want to be doing in the future? And how can we get you there? So we're going to talk more about the past in just a little bit. But first, so back to how do you choose a therapist? Well, a lot of people go by word of mouth. But here's the most important thing you need to do is figure out what outcome do you want? Because you don't just want to go and pay some money to have somebody listen to you. I mean, that's lovely. It's wonderful. And I actually think some people do that. Like the people that have a therapist for 15, 20 years, even five years, yeah, they get listened to, which feels wonderful. But what outcome are you getting besides feeling good on those days that you have your meeting with your therapist? So know what outcome you want and then research, ask them questions. What outcome do you produce for your patients or your clients? And this goes for coaching as well. Know your outcome and then ask them. I wouldn't even ask them, do you do this? I would just say, what outcome do you produce? Now, for some people, they're really general, like life coaches. But they can still tell you what their particular strength is in, what their particular focus is in. And then many people, especially coaches, will have a website and they will have testimonials. I, I don't know about therapists. That's a little tricky because of all the regulations that they have to abide by. But, uh, 
you can, you know, research them and find out more about them and how they do it. You can ask them questions about their approach. You know, you may find out that your coach uses animals to help your stress or your therapist. You know, who would have known that horses or dogs are going to be a part of the therapy? That would be good to know. I don't know if that really is a thing, but I know there's coaches that use horses and that would be really good for you to know that that is their approach. So what outcomes do they get and how do they get them? What's their approach? What's their success rate? Who do they work with and don't they work with? Because if they're good at what they do, there will be some people that they just know they can't help or they don't want to help because that's not, they're, they're not the best at that. They might send you to somebody else for that. So you can ask questions like that. Now, as far as evidence of what they do, the best way is if you talk to a real person who has done what they've done, but that's almost impossible. And plus your friend may have different outcomes than you want to get and a different problem than you want, than you have. And if your therapist or coach says, oh yeah, go talk to Sally. Sally might be their sister because I don't know a lot of people who want to be their therapist or coaches free service, free marketing service. That's just weird and inconvenient. This is why, at least as coaches, we just ask for testimonials, which is just a one-time thing. And then they've now shared it with as many people as need to hear it. And they don't have to get on the phone with somebody, a perfect stranger to tell them about their, their process and what they went through. So obviously you should enjoy speaking with this person. It should feel like they care about you. You should be able to even laugh with them. You should just click. Laughter is just really important for me. I want to feel like I can love on you and I can laugh with you. And um, even when we're talking about the hard stuff. All right, so let's talk about the past and how we use it and don't use it. So here's a very important distinction that I learned. I learned this from Dr. Joe Dispenza. And that is to your brain, the past, the present, and the future are all the same. Physiologically, neurobiologically, it's all the same. So I will never ask you or one of my clients this question. I will never ask you, how did that make you feel? When you're telling me something about your past, I don't even let you talk very long <laughs> because I know that in that moment, I can see it in your face. I can see it in your physiology. You're there. You are creating the same neurochemicals in your body and you are dosing yourself with cortisol, which is an inflammatory hormone. It's a stress hormone, but you now are sitting there, just sitting there, sipping a cup of tea, stressing yourself out. You are traumatizing yourself because you're going back to the past. Brain doesn't know the difference. Brain just acts like it's there and it creates the same physiology. You can do this to the future too. You can worry about that presentation you have to give to an executive next week. Oh, and you might even go to the past and remember the last time that you sucked at that presentation. And so now look at what you're doing. You're teeter-tottering between two pits of doom. 
you're creating inflammatory emotions from fear and worry, and you're creating a sensation of anxiety, and then you're creating past regret and shame. So what I ask my clients instead of, how did that make you feel? I ask them, what are you feeling right now when you tell me this? And they have a hard time answering that. They want to go into the story. Well, I'm feeling like she didn't respect me. And then he, they fired me for no reason. They, they, they have a hard time saying what they feel. So I bring out this handy dandy and it's very messed up now. It's got water stains, tea stains. It's, it's just really messed up. I have a pretty one on my wall. This is an emotional funnel and it's based on the work of David Hawkins. David Hawkins wrote two amazing books, maybe more, but Power Versus Force, where he was able to measure the, um, the frequency of different things, like hard rock music versus classical music. Ah, guess which one had a better frequency? And we are energetic beings. We are picking up on frequencies all the time, and we are putting out our own frequencies, and this is all measurable. So you probably can't see it. I'm going to have you guess. At the very bottom... This is the tip of hell. What do you think is the emotion that is the slowest vibrating emotion that is the most toxic to your body because of all the inflammation it creates in you because it gets stuck. This emotion vibrates at such a slow rate that it's very heavy and it just stays in you. It has a hard time getting out and we trap it with stories. We trap it with thoughts that we believe. It's shame. That feeling that we are not worthy. That feeling that there is something flawed about us. That is the lowest vibrating frequency. So often, that is the one my clients are describing without knowing they're describing it. They also usually come up with, well, a lot of times grief. You can feel grief from any loss. So if they lost a job, they had a divorce, they can feel grief. Fear, look at all these. These are very common. Shame and guilt are at the bottom. Apathy, apathy. That's another reason you might wanna to go to a therapist is if you have a flat affect, you can't care about anything, there's probably something that can help you. Well, there's definitely something that can help you and you might want to go to a therapist for that. And if it's not something neurochemical, if it's just a belief you have, um, a moroseness, then a coach could help you with that. A lot of people will feel anger when they go back into the past. Now, anger is getting a little hotter. It's getting a little faster. It gives us a little power when we feel angry. It's still not great though, because it will burn you up. And then I'm going <laughs> to... I'm going to kind of save the best, save the, the ones on the upper, upper um, end of that. So when this is happening, when my clients are telling me this, now I'm getting them out of the story and I'm getting them into the present. See how effective that question was? What are you feeling right now when you tell me that story? Now, this is just my process. And this is, I'm just giving you behind the scenes on my process. And this is why I can create transformation so fast. So just two nights ago, I met with a new client for the first time. I had her Enneagram assessment, it's right over there. And so I knew a bit about what her motivations were, what her underlying personality motivations were. 
But I didn't know what her story was. And so I just asked her. I said, what painful thing does your brain tell you about yourself? And sometimes people have to brainstorm because they got several of them. For her, she said, oh yeah, I got one. And she said, here's, here's a word that she used that most people don't use, but I think they think. She said, it's permanent. I thought, well, that's interesting. It feels permanent to her. She said, well, yeah, I've had it for 45 years. And she told me what it was. And rather than relive it and ask her what happened to make you think that, she was starting on that story. And I just said, where are you feeling it right now? And she said, oh, well, it's in my shoulders and neck. She has to go to the chiropractor every week. She has to get a massage at least once a week just to function. And I had her do a breathing technique. Now, I first learned about this technique, sort of, um, in Letting Go, David Hawkins' book. But I didn't quite get it. It wasn't quite descriptive enough. So I started playing around with it. And then I read Michael Singer's book, Untethered Soul. And that helped me a lot. And then I refined it for myself. And now I just tailor it to the, to the client and where their pain is. And we do this technique. For her, I timed it. It literally took her only three minutes, maybe three and a half minutes, to get rid of the pain in her shoulders. What she was doing was breathing out the shame. I know that sounds crazy, but you know emotions move through you. We don't hold them all in. Just think about the last time somebody complimented you. The last time you got a performance of you and you heard one thing nice and then 12 things that weren't nice. How fast did the good thing move through you? Frequencies like joy are so fast. They are fleeting. Love, you may love your partner right now and then he doesn't do the dishes and you're pissed off. Love moves through us very quickly, but anger stays with us. Shame and guilt and grief stay with us the longest. So you have to do something to get it out. I just do this breathing technique with my clients. I can also have them dance around, but the breathing technique is just a little more easy to do on Zoom. And so now my new client is back in the present, feeling less shame, feeling less pain. And now I could ask her this important question. What do you want to feel right now about your past? What do you want to feel right now? Now, again, I'm referring to the past, but we're not going there. When do you think, when you think about it, what do you want to feel instead? And this is really hard for them to answer. You think it was hard for them to answer the bad stuff. Now they're thinking, what? I can feel something good about that? And so I might inch up a little bit, just a little bit above anger. And I might say, do you want to feel pride? Hmm, that might, that might be accessible. You want to feel courage? Courage is just one step outside your comfort zone. So they might want to feel that. Neutral. Who would have guessed that neutral is so powerful? Are you kidding? To feel neutral. Hey, my boss just gave me a bad performance review. It's hard to feel neutral about that. That is a very powerful emotion. And then we just go up. She was like, I want to feel joy. I'm like, what? Wow, we can try. We can try to get to joy. We got her to peace. We got her all the way up there. She was very, very coachable. And what do I mean when I say we got her to there? 
once they tell me where they want to go, and I think we can calibrate it to that level, we start brainstorming. And based on what I know about them now, I can start using words that will get through their neural context. Because they've been thinking thoughts for a long time and it has made a filter. And only certain things that get through that filter. Compliments, boom, bounce right off. Good things about their past, bounce right off. So I'm finding words that will get through that filter and I'm brainstorming with them. And I know I have found one they believe. It's gotta meet two criteria. They have to believe it and it has to produce the emotion they're looking for. When that happens, I often see them relax. And they take a deep breath and they smile. And their face relaxes and their shoulders relax. And sometimes tears come out. Tears are just a way for stuck emotions to move out of us. So as long as you don't think about the thing that made you sad in the first place, it's a pure release. It's best to do it in private and not on Zoom with your manager, but tears are a great way to release this. So here's the important thing about emotions and beliefs. Again, I learned this from Joe Dispenza. Thank you, Dr. Joe. <clears throat> in order to create a new neural pathway in your body for this good belief, you can't just think it. One, you have to believe it, or you got to keep brainstorming. Two, you have to feel it in your body. That's what a true belief does. And so instead of feeling anger now, you're feeling peace or joy or pride or love. You need an electromagnetic connection to get through the synaptic connection. The thought is the electrical part. The emotion is the magnetic part. When you have both of those, a true belief, then a new neural pathway is formed. But it's only one puny little neural pathway against this huge conglomeration of doom that you have been believing and feeling over and over and over. So we have to outpace it. We have to laugh at this one. No, I'm on to you. That was just a story my fear-based brain told me to keep me safe. And it worked, kept me safe, but it sucked. And it's making me sick, which by the way, is not a good long-term strategy. That's why they call stress the silent killer. It's not gonna kill you instantly, but it is gonna shorten your life and it's gonna make your life more miserable than it has to be. Your life can be beautiful. You can get to acceptance when things happen. And then you can get to even gratitude. I'm glad that terrible thing happened to me. Personally, I can look back at the time I was hit, hit by a car and broke my back. I'm glad that happened to me. It set me on a different path than I was on. And I'd never be here. When I got hit crossing the street with a dog, I'm not, I'm not kidding. I, I, I'm very, I guess, accident prone. I don't know what, or I just take a long time to learn my lessons. When I got hit by that, once I came to, I thought, I'm so glad I'm not her. How horrible would that feel to hit a woman and her dog in a car? Well, with your car, they're not, we were not in the car. All the things, the divorce, I'm so grateful. Like all these things, they don't torment me because I go to gratitude. It's a superpower that anybody can have. 
but it is really hard to do this on your own. It's easier for me just because I've been practicing it. But the first time you start doing this, it's really hard to pull yourself out because of all the neural pathways you have for doing. So I basically just told you my trade secrets. And once you're in that state, once you are in a state of enoughness, of hell, I'm, I'm special, I'm amazing. I just texted this woman today. It's only been two days. I texted her, I said, how you doing? I gave her a cue on which she had to repeat the feeling and the thought. She's like, I've been doing this all day. She says, I feel fantastic. It doesn't take long. And that's why I call myself transformational coach because things that you thought were permanent, permanent hell, mm -mm. you start to feel heaven really quick. And now I can give you strategies that would have bounced off your identity. That communication strategy I'm gonna give you for your executive presentation, you wouldn't have been able to do it. You would not have been able to do it. That not good enough you, would have had so much cortisol in your system and so many beliefs telling you that you're not a good presenter or that you don't know enough or that you haven't prepared enough, you would not be able to use the techniques I give you. But now I can give you strategies. And some of these you've probably read in a book or listened to in a podcast, but they were not accessible to you because your brain could not absorb them. It bounced right off your identity. Oh, you can see that I love what I do. So I'm just gonna close with this. Um, recently I heard Marshall Gold's, I don't know, I guess I read it in Marshall Goldsmith's book about how Buddhists believe that you're a new person with every breath. You die and are born again with every breath. I think we started with this as well. I believe that you are a new person with every belief. So who are you becoming? Who do you want to become? What would you need to believe in order to be that person? If you would like to do this faster and you are a female professional who is struggling, and maybe you don't look like you're struggling, maybe you look like you have it all together, but inside you're not feeling great because of an I'm not good enough story. If that is you, please reach out to me in whatever way. I am Denise R. Green on social media. I am Brilliance Inc., the company, CEO of the company Brilliance Inc. And I have a book and a website, worklifebrilliance.com. Because work-life balance, it doesn't matter how many hours you're working or not working. I mean, it does because I don't want you to work more than 45 hours um, um, a week. What matters is the quality of your hours, the quality of your rest, the quality of your internal state, the quality of your external state, the quality of your surroundings. That's what matters. And it's hard to do on your own because every one of us, I don't care how smart, how experienced, what, <clears throat> what nationality you are, it doesn't matter. We all have fear-based brains born with five times as many neural processes for negative thinking as positive thinking. So that is meant to keep you in check, to keep you small, to keep you safe, but it won't keep you happy. So if you want my help and you fit that description, reach out 
just find me. And you can also go into any post and find the link that I put in there to apply for a free call with me. They go quickly. I love doing these calls. If you are a good fit for what I do, then I will tell you what it, what it looks like. But if I think you're not a good fit, I'm going to steer you in a better direction, maybe to one of my therapist friends, or maybe to one of my weight loss friends, or uh, I have a huge network of people who can help you. Maybe you just need a new job and I can help you. I can help you get a promotion and a new job, but I can't write your resume. And I can't redo your LinkedIn profile, but I know people who can. So if I'm not a good fit for you, I will tell you because I only want to work with people that I'm 100% sure I can help. So thank you for listening. And I look forward to talking with you again. Have a great day. We hope you enjoyed this episode. My team and I love seeing your comments, so please keep sharing how these episodes help you, and we deeply appreciate your five-star ratings. If you want more tools to help you become the best version of you, check out our Work-Life Brilliance website for classes and free resources. And if you're a talented female professional who is ready to trade suffering for satisfaction and ease, so you turn self-doubt into true confidence while you learn badass influence skills to get the career success you want. If that's you, book a free strategy call now. This is with me, this is live, this is private, and this is super helpful. These spots go fast, so book now with this URL. go.oncehub.com slash poweryoursuccess. We will put that link in the show notes, but again, it's go.oncehub.com slash poweryoursuccess. Thank you for listening. I look forward to chatting with you and have a brilliant day.